0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again, everybody. Chris Landry back with you. And folks, we promise we're back and we're back to stay. Uh, We have, as you know, those of you that are patient, loyal listeners. I I owe you one. I owe you a lot. It's been a, uh, as we know, a rough um, year, quite frankly, for everyone. And for us, it's been the same. And certainly the pandemic's hit us hard and certainly in a lot of areas. Um, I live in South Louisiana. We had uh, a lot of storms that came through, a big storm that came through a couple of weeks ago. We're fine, but it's uh, certainly been uh, quite a bit of an adjustment. And then, obviously, as you know, if you have followed what we're doing at LandryFootball.com and with our podcast network and with our Twitch TV channel, we've made some changes and adjustments. And I have... Looked and studied and tried and figured out what's the best way to try to put together um, what I think are compelling, interesting shows, but also understanding from a time standpoint what's the best fit. So here's where it goes. Um, this show is Scout's Eye on College and Pro Football, Scout's Eye on Football. We're going to be here every Wednesday. Um, we've done it on Tuesday and Thursday. We've done two different shows. I I think that there's a lot of details we can always get to. We can do a show each and every day on college football and each and every day on the NFL. Certainly in the current moment when things get better, uh, if we can um, find the right folks that want to become involved in the program and – you know, uh, uh, sponsor it, we'd love to. We certainly are willing to do that. What we think is best is in different shows that I'm involved in, I'm going to be doing an SEC show with Neil McCready we've started. Dave Hooker and I are going to be doing a show starting Monday. It's uh, Hooked on Football with um, Dave Hooker and the coach. Um, Myself, we're going to be talking all aspects of football. And then here every Wednesday I will do – on Tuesdays, excuse me, the football film room with Scott Seidenberg. So we've got a lot of opportunities to talk and share insights into football. Uh, I do want to have one in which I can just kind of go into it in detail by myself and provide you some of the things that I think are unique with the game. Uh, What We're seeing things that you don't get anywhere else. Um, We're going to talk college football in the NFL. So if you're a... If you're a fan of one and not of the other um I encourage you to listen I encourage you to maybe learn a little bit more about the other sport you don't like but we're we're gonna mix it up a little bit um we're gonna depending upon the news we may talk you know college first n f l first we'll go into kind of mix it in a little bit but we're gonna talk football here and you know the passions of football at all levels is what I'm about um it's you know, about players, teams, coaches, schemes. I have reluctantly had to talk about some of the politics and the medical aspects that have affected our game like it's affected the rest of society. I'm not qualified to talk the medical part. I don't like talking about the political part. But when it affects and infects the game, you got to do it. So we're certainly going to be here with everything. This is where you want to go to send a question, and uh, I apologize to Kevin and Jacob. You've got some questions from um, a couple of weeks back. Going to get to them. Hope you're listening, but uh, rest assured, every Wednesday we're going to be here. We're going to drop um, a podcast sometimes in the morning for, for you to have it, talking um, football, college football, NFL. And so I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, and it's going to combine both. Again, it doesn't mean that at one day we may not expand it. That'll depend upon. Um, you're spreading the word on it. Uh, your involvement in the show. Um, let me say this. If you know of someone that would be a good fit to join our family, if we can help you increase your brand of your business, contact us. Um Contact Chris at LandryFootball.com, and we'll get in touch with you. We can absolutely help you do that. So we appreciate you listening. Um, Some observations as the college season is somewhat underway as we got through Labor Day weekend, ending with the Navy-BYU game. Uh, We have yet to see a Power 5 school play. Miami is going to be opening it up on Thursday night against UAB, we're going to see some intriguing games. Iowa State's hosting Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Tech-Baylor's been postponed. Syracuse-North Carolina I thought might have been postponed. Syracuse is in bad uh, sorts there. Duke-Notre Dame. Kansas State's hosting Arkansas State. Georgia Tech-Florida State's an intriguing matchup. Oklahoma's hosting Missouri State. Clemson's at Wake. Tulsa-Oklahoma State's been pushed back. Texas hosting UTEP, Louisville hosting Western Kentucky. So that's uh, not a huge lineup, but a lineup nonetheless that <clears throat> gets the ball rolling with more games in more time slots than we had last week. Uh, observations that I have taken in and studying tape and watching the games is that there's no question that you're going to see in the early stages, the tackling, the, the blocking, the physical part of the game, be affected, and be affected quite a bit by what's going on um, in the preparation with the lack of being able to hit. Uh, I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see, though, certain programs – that are a little bit more, uh, let's just say, focused on football. So, you know, you can look at Navy all you want. Navy's a different mission, different goal. You're going to see the Bigger Time programs, how they've prepared, how they've handled this. We're going to learn a lot. I would be cautious to make judgments on what type of season a team's going to have based upon the first couple of weeks. But on the same token – I think we're going to get a little bit of a peek inside the window of how teams are preparing in dealing with this. So um, there is not enough of a sample size to this stage since we've not seen a Power 5 team play to see where we are. We're going to get a little bit of a feel with the ACC this week. A little bit of a feel for the Big 12. As you know, the SEC does not start until September 26, so we've got a little time for that. Um, But, you know, some things that are jumping out to me. Baylor, who's postponed their game against Louisiana Tech, we mentioned to you that Jake Burton, the transfer from UCLA, really good right tackle prospect, uh, was scheduled to start if they were going to play this past week. Um, they did not. Um, but he's certainly going to be able to help them right away. I was impressed with how BYU played. I thought BYU was very physical. Again, I don't think it's necessarily an indication of where they are and where Navy's going to be through the course of the year. Um, Some other news that I wanted to get to, Jay Hobson uh, stepped down at Southern Miss. A little bit surprising that it happened in that time frame. But when you've got issues, you've got stresses, and you've got uh, your heart's not in it, and the program is uncomfortable with certain situations. There's usually more, you know, behind the curtain than you might know. And that's certainly the case here. And I think what you're seeing is simply a case of probably something that was in the process of happening, was likely going to happen at the end of the year. Maybe should have happened prior to the season, and it it you know it just it started off poorly, and so he stepped aside. Um, Scotty Walden is going to serve as an interim head coach. I will address it. Uh, Hugh Freeze is a Southern misgrad. I don't know that he's going to be. a – I know he'll be a candidate to some degree. To what degree? I don't know. His level of interest? Not sure. Of course. I do think there's a fit from the fact that he went to school there. But I also think that he's on pace with time to be able to leverage that Liberty job for a better job than Southern Miss. However, you know, he also has had a lot of doors closed on him to this point. And if he feels like he can go at Southern Miss and get it done there and have success, then that's maybe an even more natural progression to get into the SEC. So it's one in which I think he's got some thinking to do, and we'll see what type of level of commitment Southern Miss has financially. And whether they're interested in, at this stage, going with a Hugh that, you know, you're going right into the hornet's nest of where some of the issues took place in that state. Is that a good fit? Not quite sure. Um, uh, You know, I I think there's some other really good candidates out there, and we'll see. Blake Anderson might be a good fit. There's some other folks that uh, I'm sure we're going to keep you up to date on at LandryFootball.com is what's going on. Uh, Syracuse, we mentioned, is lining up against North Carolina this week. Chris Elmore. It's likely going to start at left guard for him. They're banged up, so they're likely going to line up 288-pound tight end. Uh, he's been used in a variety of ways as a fullback, tight end. So he's not. It's not like we're talking about a wide receiver-looking tight end lining up at guard. No, no. Um, but that's an indicator of the problem. How good is this North Carolina defense going to be? Are how much better, how much improved would they be? Don't know. Gonna be interesting to see. It. Like this offense, uh and and um uh, we'll see how this, this plays out this week. I do know that uh, Abdul Adams and Jarvin Howard, two running backs, have opted out for Syracuse as well. Um you've heard by now Panay Sewell, as expected, has announced that you know he's not going to play in any fall football for the Pac twelve. He's preparing for the NFL draft as as well he should at this point. Um, Over the past few days, a couple of notes uh, on recruiting. Missouri gets a verbal commitment from an outstanding four-star defensive end, Kyron Montgomery. Uh, Check out over at LandryFootball.com a little bit about him. Like his length, like his quickness, uh, really good get for them. So check out those details. Uh, the Big Ten political fiasco um, continues. Um, the administrators in that league are beyond frustrated with the mandate given by the governors in the state to where, as, look, you're dealing with situations right now, where college football, with all of its problems that it's going to deal with this year, is going to be played in the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12. And we're seeing it played in a lot of the Big Ten conference states at the high school level, and in some cases in the non-Big <clears throat> Ten Uh, or MAC level, you're seeing Cincinnati, for example, in the state of Ohio. This is going to be a further and further black eye and egg on the face of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. There is certainly every reason to understand the concern for the illness. That's not the motivation here. If the motivation is health, they would be doing things differently on campus. They certainly wouldn't let high school players participate. This has become very, very political in a sense that right and left. You've got on the right, they're trying to prove a point. On the left, they're trying to prove a point. And this has become a mess. And it's a black eye for the Big Ten. Uh, are you kidding me? We're going to try to start in November? No. The the answer would have been to do with the other leagues that have their act together doing And that is to try to play on time, reasonably on time, and then push it back if you can't. That's the common sense thing. But the political thing is to push it back to make it, um, you know, fit the political agenda. So it's very, very unfortunate. And it's going to be an unusual year. You've got an Ohio State team that is absolutely playoff-worthy, absolutely national championship-worthy and they're not going to be able to play for it. There's no way that they're going to be able to start in time to be involved in the process. And, look, they're not going to play in the spring. If they play in November, December, January, play a Rose Bowl in February or March, A, do we know that it's going to be better, the environment, the COVID environment going to be better? Um, I don't know. I really don't. Um, But even if it is, you know, play a Rose Bowl, be a little interesting. This year's been very interesting in watching sports at very unusual times. Makes you look at the calendar and say, what month is it? Um, So, yeah, could it happen? Look, I, I want what's best for the sport. And, again, I think that the politics getting involved um, is very, very unfortunate. Uh, some other news uh, around uh, that I'm looking for this week. Looking to see what Duke can do with their offensive line troubles, but with Chase Price as the starter against Notre Dame. Um, I know at Wake Forest, Terrence Davis, their fine guard, has been ruled out for the season um, with an injury. Uh, hey, good news for Penn State. They're not playing football this year. That's not good news. But they got a verbal commitment from a really good uh, defensive end, four-star defensive end, Ken Talley, uh, really good player, Philadelphia native. By the way, you want the detailed breakdown of the top players in the country in the class of 2022 and 2023 in um, high school recruiting. We've got it for you, so make sure that you check that out. uh, And then check out the Daily Notebook. Uh, it's a great time to be a member of landryfootball.com no better time than during the season um and uh the uh some other news um <clears throat> uh at uh, Pittsburgh freshman Jordan Addison is really uh looking good in in uh, in their early practices and have a chance to uh, to be a starting slot receiver um, uh, opening up against uh Austin P. Uh, I'm looking to see what the redshirt freshman Kyron Williams at Notre Dame does against Duke. Really good player. Uh, And uh, over at LSU, uh, keep an eye out for two freshmen that are going to have huge impacts. Eric Gilbert, the tight end out of Georgia, who's really outstanding, as well as Keyshawn Boutte, um, the wide receiver. uh, is a really good uh, player that's going to step up uh, over at Texas. Uh, wide receiver Tariq Black is uh, going to be the starting X receiver. Big guy, typical Clemson-type Texas big receiver, but it looks like those Clemson receivers in terms of build. Uh, Tariq Black out of Texas has uh, made an early impression in part of their uh, practices. And over at Clemson, the freshman Brian Breesey, the defensive tackle, is going to get the start, the 6'5", turn it, ninety pounder against Wake. I'm very curious to see uh how that plays out. Uh you know that Hampson uh Nelsor is gonna miss the fine safety of Florida State, is gonna miss the opener against Georgia Tech. Uh again excited to see how things play out in that game. So we're gonna keep you up to date. We're gonna have complete film room breakdowns of um previews of the games and reviews and analysis over at LandryFootball.com, so make sure that you check that out. Uh, tough NFL news on Tuesday night, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night. Vaughn Miller gone for the year, the Broncos. Uh, we, uh, It's not COVID-related. Had a freak accident. Um, Going to have to have surgery on his ankle. And it's a big, big loss for the Broncos. Um, there is no doubt that um, – this bronco team right now with Chubb not quite healthy uh this is going to be you know we'll see how they can handle um the early stages of this season this will be difficult there's there's no doubt about it this bronco team is still led by their defense still questionable in the offensive line uh you know we'll see what they're able to do uh you know without Von Miller this is this is a huge huge loss for him one of the premier players in the league. By the way, um, over at LandryFootball.com, in preparation of the season, I've kind of broken down the units. So you want to take a look at the best offensive lines, the best defensive lines heading into the season. Now, what I've done with that is combined the film grading of the players over the course of last year, but making the adjustments for who's on what roster. So obviously a team that may have graded as – one of the best offensive lines last year or defensive lines last year may have dropped precipitously this year based on personnel changes and vice versa. Uh, So check that out. I think you're going to like that in preparation uh, for the games this weekend, as well as I'm going to be breaking down each and every game inside the film room for you, a preview of um, the games inside the film room. Um, Also, got a preview of the divisions, division by division. Kind of taking into account everything that's taken place uh, with the personnel moves, kind of where things are as a roster going into the year. Very curious um, to kind of see how the start of this season takes place, but taking a look at each of these divisions is going to be interesting. So quickly, I want to get into it, got the details over at Landry Football, but... In the NFC East, I think Dallas has got the best roster. I'm a little bit worried about the Eagles' offensive line. I don't know that the Giants are quite ready to make a run. Um, and I think the Redskins having one of the best defensive lines uh, in the league, not good enough overall as a roster to, to be a factor in my view. Uh, in the North, I think the Packers are the team to beat. They've got Aaron Rodgers. I think the offensive and defensive lines are – as good as any in the division. I worry about the Bears at quarterback. Um, You know, the Lions are not quite where they need to be overall as a roster, but maybe I think they can be improved. Minnesota's taken a drop in terms of personnel. Their defensive line has been completely reshaped, reformed, and not for the better in my view. So it's kind of how I'm seeing that. In the South, I still think it's the Saints, the team to beat, but – I think the Bucs are really explosive, really good offensively, and I think are going to um, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, how much better defensively? Can they close out games? I think that's going to be interesting. Both of those teams are really good offensively. Who can run the football the best? Who can shorten games the best is going to be key. Atlanta. Is Atlanta good enough on the offensive and defensive lines? Can they finish off? Uh, a start off like they finished off last year. Um, Carolina, I think, is rebuilding. In the West, you know, San Francisco's got some injuries. still like their defensive line. I still think they'll be in that mix. Seattle is a team I worry about at the line of scrimmage, but I do think can stay in that division race. I don't think the Rams are as big of a factor. I think the Cardinals are better, but not there yet. In the AFC East, um, you know, I still think until they're beating New England, I don't look at Buffalo as the clear favorite. I think they're amongst the favorite with New England, but not the clear favorite. And I think the Jets and the Dolphins still has a ways to go. Um, I would probably favor the Dolphins in terms of organization and coaching right now. Uh, Jets may have a little bit better roster in some key spots. But still, not a good enough roster to compete. In the north, I think it's one of the tougher divisions. I think Pittsburgh's going to get better. We know how good Baltimore is. I think the Browns can be better. Not strong enough to win the division in my mind, but better. Um, and I think the Bengals are going to struggle protecting Joe Burrow. But I, I think they're, they're they've got a lot of work to do there. In the south, again, I think it's a very – competitive division. I like the Colts. I think the Colts' offensive line, I think um, two backs can certainly help take some of the pressure off of Phillip Rivers, so where he's not the gunslinger Phillip Rivers. And I think uh, I really like the way Frank Wright coaches and runs his offense. So I like their chances there. Um, I think I like Tennessee as well. I think Tennessee with Jadavian and Clowney has a really good defensive front. I think the offensive line is solid. They can run the football. I think they get good quarterback play. I think that they're, in a lot of ways, um, they and the Colts are a two-team race. I think the Texans take a step back, um, and I think the Jags are in a in a rebuild mode completely. In the West, I think it's very competitive beyond Kansas City. Kansas City's the team to beat. They have to implode for anybody to catch him. Denver, big blow without Vaughn Miller. I think the Chargers are competitive. I think the Raiders are competitive. Determining who's two, three, and four is going to be quite the challenge. Uh, Is number two good enough to make the playoffs? Going to be interesting. Let's remind everybody again. Got one extra team in each conference making the playoffs this year. So keep that in mind. Um, Got more detailed breakdowns again uh, of each of the rosters in the NFL over at LandryFootball.com. So check that out, as well as the division preview. So uh, you've got that. Let's take a look at um, – tell you what, we're going to talk some of the games. I want to get to a couple of questions that are long overdue. And, again, I apologize, Jacob and Kevin, as we get back on track. Jacob asks, um, how far behind does the lack of camp and pre-camp prep put teams who had Big roster of coaching transitions this year. Thinking of Washington, the Raiders, Panthers, for example. Well, the Raiders, you know, had some roster changes, but the coaching changes are the same. The Panthers and the Redskins are um, amongst the teams. The Browns with Kevin Stefanski. New coaching staffs. It's, listen, it's pretty obvious. It's going to be a bigger adjustment, no question. Um, and yeah, you ask if it's going to be a mulligan for yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a a COVID mulligan, no question about it. I, I think that this is not the year to best evaluate your staffs, but I do think you can see certain staffs be able to accomplish things a little bit better than others based upon, um, you know, their experience level and who they've got coming back. So there's there's no question. Um, he asked a couple of players who graded poorly last year you think could show significant improvement. Well, most of the guys that – I don't know about grading poorly, but in terms of, you know, his health is such a big factor. You know, so I think Alvin Kamara, who didn't play nearly as well, is going to have a better year this year. Um, you know, I think guys like that um, will, will improve improve a great deal. So, I uh, always look for guys like that that their circumstances uh schematically but more likely injury wise that could have an impact. Kevin has um checks in after the hurricane. We appreciate it says um." says, the pandemic has put an exorbitant amount of stress on a wide range of businesses. It made me wonder how many NFL owners might be facing financial difficulties from their NFL franchises and or outside businesses. Um, hard to say. Depends. But they're in better position than most everyone else. Most. and There are exceptions. A lot of owners in the league are built upon, you know, money that had been earned from other businesses. Does it have an effect? Yes. But the operating budgets of these NFL teams are exorbitant, and there's such huge cash flow and reserve funds that will allow for, I mean, I'm not going to say that anybody predicted or could have foreseen a pandemic, but there are a lot of things that are financial blows to the league that can be absorbed better than other businesses. So relatively speaking, would it cause an owner to not fire a coach because he feels like he wants to fire a coach but he can't afford it? No. It's not going to affect that. Might he not fire a coach because he feels it's unfair and not a good judge of the job the guy's doing? Well that that could be quite a bit different. So I think you have to look at it a couple of different ways. And say um, that while it will have some effect on some, um, for the most part, not as much as maybe people might think. Um, Can you give insight into financial requirements of becoming an NFL owner? Um, Yes, there's a detailed audit, and uh, the exact details, no, but... You can't just, because you want to buy a team, uh, submit it. There's a list of about, you know, 50 long of people that would like to buy an NFL team that have the financial resources, but you have to be voted into the club um, and they're audited before they buy a team. And the reason is they don't want to have somebody that is in financial strife. Um, now there's certainly issues and situations with others that uh I think that um that are in a little bit better shape than, than the next guy but um they're audited on a regular basis to answer your question. Um you've uh he Kevin asked, Can you provide insight into the Washington football team's ownership structure and is it typical or atypical? Um Washington's um Dan Snyder owns 60% of it. He has controlling interests. 40% is minority owners. Um, most, I mean, you have minority owners. There, there's some that own the the club in, in total, but there are a lot of minority owners in the league that you don't hear from them because they are minority owners. Um, the structure is uh, you have to have – Someone that is the operating officer that answers for that team in league business affairs from an ownership standpoint. So you have to have a primary owner. You can't have just a group. Uh, If you got, you know, um, the Wilfs, the two brothers own it, I mean, you can have certain circumstances, but you have to have a lead person. And like in the case of Minnesota, Ziggy's the guy. Um, Do I foresee any rule changes with respect to NFL ownership? Um, Kevin, I haven't really thought about it. I think that there's some regulations, there's some things that are often looked at with regard to ownership. Um, I think the big thing that is often looked at is secession plans. We saw the secession plan with Ralph Wilson, um, and obviously, that's been, you know, that was went out of the family with design. You've got the situation in Denver with the Bolin family, and a little bit of strife of figuring it out. I think they'd like to have a little bit more structure there. In New Orleans, when uh, you know Gail Benson took over for her husband, that was legally laid out in a plan. Uh, they they certainly are very involved in that. In terms of rules and regulations, are always looking at things with regard uh, to ownership. But I have nothing to offer that's on the horizon, mainly because I haven't really checked in. It. It's a good question, and uh, I, I will look into that a little bit more at the appropriate time. Uh, All right, let's get into a little bit of a look ahead to this week's action. Houston, Kansas City is opening things up on Thursday night. You would expect Kansas City, the better team here, to win at home. It's a little bit of an unknown. Houston had this Kansas City team beat in the playoffs and let them off the hook, and Kansas City, you know, wiggled off their hook and shook themselves off the hook and came back and took the game away from Houston. Um Houston's not quite as good, but the motivation will be there. This game might be a little bit closer than people think. How about Um, Atlanta-Seattle? Atlanta opening up at home. Um, Can't get off to a slow start. Watch the line of scrimmage here, these two teams. Got some question marks there. Buffalo. okay, you are going to be real for Buffalo? I know it's the first game. Got to beat the Jets at home. You got to make a statement here. You can't lose a game like this in my view. Detroit, Chicago. It's one that Chicago, uh, Detroit can win at home. I think. Um, Don't know that I like either one of these teams as a playoff threat, but we'll see. I'm very curious to see Green Bay, Minnesota. I want to see this Green Bay offense work. I want to see Aaron Rodgers and what they do offensively. How much more of a commitment to the run game, or is it same old same old? Um, Minnesota, how does that defensive line hold up? That's what I'm looking for. Miami, New England, yeah, rematch of that big game in which Miami took New England out of a bye. Curious to see how New England does with Cam Newton. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Philadelphia, Washington, how about that Eagle offensive line, the question marks there against this very good Washington defensive line. Game within the game to watch there. Uh, Can Washington get one at home? How about Carolina at home against the Raiders? Um, Raiders are the better team here. Should go on the road and get it done. Um, Jacksonville at home against Indianapolis. You're Indianapolis. you got to beat a team that's rebuilding if you're going to win your division, in my mind. Cleveland-Baltimore is intriguing. Baltimore, really good team. We know, obviously, the 14-2 record, the disappointment in the playoffs. This Cleveland team is in itself a talented young team, but can Kevin Stefanski get them back on track, or will there be more changes in Cleveland in terms of the roster overhaul at the end of the year. The Chargers, they get a little boost. Are they are they the favorite as the second team in the West or is it the Raiders or is Denver still got a shot? They host uh, the, excuse me, they go on the road to Cincinnati. That defensive line against Cincinnati's offensive line's a big advantage there. Um <clears throat> the game of the week is Tampa going to New Orleans in a fanless Superdome. So you won't have that aspect these offenses, what can the running games do? What can the pass rush do in both cases? That's what I'm curious to see. Arizona, San Francisco. Um, has Arizona, close the gap. It's a good chance to go on the road and, and get San Francisco with their injuries right now. We'll see if they can do it. This Dallas team, new coach, new excitement, new awareness of what they are, their identity, they run the football guy that's been successful, won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Let's see – going to a Super Bowl as a head coach, I should say. Let's see if if Mike McCartney can have a positive effect with Dallas against the Rams. Monday night, Pittsburgh, Big Ben coming back against the Giants. Going to be a real interesting game um, in that I'm curious to see what the Giants' defense can do and what the Steelers' run game can do. I know what Big Ben is capable of doing, and let's see if the Giants can unleash their offense with Saquon Barkley. And then Tennessee at Denver, again, with the news of Von Miller out, tough news, tough spot, and you'll wonder um, if Denver can score enough points or can they play well enough at the line of scrimmage against this Tennessee team. Um, It's going to be interesting. I think this Tennessee team is really good. I think they can, along with the Colts, they're the favorites in the south of the AFC, as I mentioned. But I also think that Tennessee could be a little bit better, potentially a deep-run playoff-type team, if um, if they can stay healthy. I think Jadavia and Clowney will help them as the season progresses. A reminder again, check us out at LandryFootball.com. It's where we've got... All the film room breakdowns, we'll have it all year. We've got all the inside information, uh, players, coaching, analysis, um, from a coaching and scouting viewpoint. It's why you want to get on board and what we're doing at Landry Football. So check us out today dot uh, LandryFootball.com. And, uh, you know, uh, certainly spread the word about the podcast. We'll be here every Wednesday, so check it out when it drops. We appreciate you joining us for Scouts Eye. On football, college football, the NFL, we got it covered for you. And uh, you can find it over at LandryFootball.com. You can sign up at Landry Football's conference call for all the podcasts I'm involved in as well as uh, everyone else that we've got. We're really excited. Check us out on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash ChrisLandryFootball or find it on uh, LandryFootball.com. Uh, click follow Chris on Twitch and it'll take you right there. Hey, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back to recap it and look ahead to next week. Next Wednesday in another edition of Scouts Eye on Football. I'm Chris Landry. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.